You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Controlled symptoms. Makes sense, but what else can I do? You can get real with your dermatologist so they can help you get clear. Make an appointment and, oh, you're already on it. Hi, yes, I'd like to make an appointment. Get real clear about psoriasis at letsgetrealclear.com. Sponsored by Abby. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. We're glad that he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Um, well, I don't know. If you're, if you're a Michigan grad like me, I don't know if it's a good day. I don't know if it's a good day. Well, <sighs> you should have seen this one coming after yesterday. Well, as I said to my friends, it's not that I'm upset. I'm disappointed. I was ready to fight, Jeffrey. Mm. I was ready they to took fight. took that opportunity from you. I was ready to yeah. fight. I was ready to put the blinders on, mm-hmm. ignore all the outside noise, mm-hmm. and unapologetically fight on behalf of my alma mater. Mm-hmm. I can't do that now. I, I mean, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, in fairness, that that's the exact same stance Michigan has taken. <laughs> yes, I know. They were ready to go to war, and then all of a sudden yesterday, wait a minute. So I don't know if it's the, a good day. Hold on. The, the, I plead the fifth. Denouncing Michigan would be denouncing me. I plead the fifth. So the only, the only like, even remote public win Michigan can claim, right, is it's the end of the Big Ten investigation? Am I... It, Jeffrey, we've moved on to yeah. just win the next two games. Just win the next two, mm-hmm. and we'll get Harbaugh back for the playoffs. We're not we're not focusing on wins off, off the football field anymore. Does Harbaugh get to, if he's not on the sideline, does he get to claim the regular season, like the Big Ten East Championship, if they win next week? Um, well, it's Michigan. We, we don't care about Big Ten East Championships. We care about beating Ohio State well, and the winning regular the Big season, Ten. The undefeated regular season. Can he can he take credit for that? It feels like he can take credit for He like can six take credit when he lifts the Big Ten Championship trophy mm. after beating Iowa yes. the following week. Well, we're not sure yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. Whatever. Whoever, the whatever team from the East. But no. I think technically, I think if you play in the Big Ten West, you're still alive. Well, we've got developments on that. But other than that, 
it's an exciting, if you are a Memphis football fan, exciting day, right? Like leading the day before a huge game like Memphis and SMU have tomorrow. Like exciting or nervous? How would you, I don't know. I think nervy. I don't, yeah, I, don't I, get, I get it. It's nerve wracking, but it's also like it's, it's exciting because there's a, the possibilities are there out there. I know you kind of look at maybe come at this a little differently because you think SMU is going to win. Mm-hmm. But like if you're a Memphis fan, I, I know, but I also I pay attention to the pulse and mm-hmm. I don't get the sense that like they're going to support their guys. I don't get the sense this is walking into the stadium with the with the yeah. big game feel of. We're about to win the big one. It, it does. I will it say this. It feels like most people are in the, hey, let's see what happens. I will say this. It does feel a little different. Like the last time a regular season game had this kind of stakes was probably, I don't even think it was the first Cincinnati game of the 2019 year because I think they were in, they had already clinched a spot in the championship. It was just a matter of, will they host the championship? Yeah. I think it was Cincinnati who maybe needed some help to get it. I mean, maybe, correct me if I'm no, wrong. I, I think it had already been determined. I think the two, the, okay. the participants have been determined, the location and not. So, like, the last time a game, certainly a home game, but I think a game period, felt like it had this type of stakes attached to it was that AAC championship game against Cincinnati. Yeah, but I thought you made the distinction regular season. Yeah, regular season. It's, this, it's the Cincinnati game the week before. Yeah, but even that, that didn't have, like, again, yeah, that didn't have it, these. It was a big deal. You did not want to go to Cincinnati because, yeah. like. Yeah, that's true. If you're the Tigers, like, you don't really love, like, at that point, like, yeah. you don't want to be a cold weather team. Like, you, yeah. Although, I, if I recall correctly, the championship game was pretty cold. Like, it was pretty cold that yeah, day. Yeah, it, it was like, it was like the weather right now, but cold. Yeah. Um, but big game tomorrow, 11 a.m., at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. What are we going to be talking about coming out of the weekend? Win or lose, we're going to be talking about that game. So we'll start things off here in a second with that. 240 or so, Blake Topmeyer big-timed us today, Jeffrey. Yep. He he, he got the call up to Feinbaum and uh, forgot about his good old buddies here at Giannato and Jeffrey. And not only got the Feinbaum call, mm-hmm. in-studio Feinbaum. Oh, in-studio yeah. Feinbaum. Yeah. yeah. Big-time Blake. I take no offense. I take no offense. Because he's, he I comes wish on I could every say week. the same. Oh, you take offense. Yeah, yeah you, big time. Ult- ultimately, BTB. Just say, just say, big time Blake. Different, different time slot. Well, Fine bomb. I mean, I told him the biggest problem that he has is more times than not when he goes and makes noise on Fine Bomb. It's usually after he's talked to us and he's been workshopping some takes. Mm-hmm. Now he's like, he's gonna have to go because in cold. Because if he was on today, I would have told him, hey, I need you. Fine Bomb's on the record now saying if Michigan wins a national title this year, he will not recognize mm. it. Uh, <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you now? Are you now doing the thing that all your friends have ca- like you you're cataloging all the oh, yeah. questions you would <laughs> yeah, ask? Come on. Yeah, 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 come on. Of course. Of course. Jeffrey, I have to find solace somewhere. I can't find it in what's going on. It is amazing. <laughs> like you strip us down to our course. God, we're so tribal. Like as human beings, <laughs> we are just just so tribal. Like I just want to belong. But in place of Blake Topmeyer, Jonah Dillon, the Tiger football beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, will join us. We'll get his thoughts on the SMU Memphis game later this hour around 2.40 or so. 3 o'clock, we will get into the list. Um, we've got no, uh, Lawrence Stockery tweets at us. Uh, yeah, this this does ring a bell. Cincinnati was in no matter what, for whatever reason. Uh, I think maybe because... okay. But the... But the Tigers had to Memphis win. If Memphis would have lost, that would have been their second conference loss because of the Temple oh, game. Oh, you're right. And SMU would have gone. Thank you, Lawrence. Yeah. Um, Shut so, up. this is the biggest since that one. Well, 
Biggest regular season game. Biggest regular season game since since that one. Yeah, with the most steaks attached to it and all that. This is this is some prime rib. This is some this is some filet mignon steaks. I made a I made a cowboy ribeye that I basically turned into prime rib. Probably right. Cowboy filet is like playoffs. This is like a cowboy good cowboy ribeye. That's choice though. But you didn't. You know, it's it's not a USDA prime, but it's it's got the nice marbling. Um, but uh, in the list next tower, fourteen ninety nine a pound rather than like nineteen ninety nine a pound. Memphis basketball's got a game tonight against uh, Alabama State. We'll we'll deep dive into that. Also, bad news for Joe Burrow uh, and the Bengals. He's also bad news, I think, for the commission. I'll tell you about that. Okay. Florio's got Florio's got some real takes today. And then, if you want to see, like, if if you want like the definition of a backtrack, we can discuss Carissa Thompson. Mm. She had a good she had a good one today. I thought. Yeah, we need to get into this because you're. I think you're you're missing the mark on this one, but okay. we'll continue. Well, the the now embattled yeah. TV commentator, host, uh, Amazon Football and Fox host, uh, in in hot water in the journalism and a world. podcast host too. Mm, excuse, excuse me. Then uh, we'll wrap things up with our games of the weekend. But let's start with what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about this Memphis SMU game. It's either going to be the best win of the Ryan Silverfield era, or you're going to be talking. You're going to be trying to come to grips with what this season meant, because like ultimately, the the meaningful stuff so, well, will be done well, with. Let's take let's take the first part, mm-hmm. the best win. Mm-hmm. So for you, in your mind, this would pass the Mississippi State game. Yes, this would pass the UCF game. Yes. Well, here's what I'd say. It comes with the caveat of they also beat Temple the next week and get to the AAC championship game. Mm. Okay, but the pro- that's kind of the problem with this yeah. game is like what happens like what happens if well because we'll know going into tomorrow because UTSA plays tonight right we're gonna know whether they they play South Florida tonight an interesting little swerve here there's a report out that Jeff Trailer interviewed for the Texas A and M job and you know who knows maybe UTSA maybe that's a distraction for UTSA that could be good for Memphis because it is good for Memphis if UTSA loses this week because right now UTSA still controls its own destiny and ultimately if they beat Tulane your chances of making the AAC championship game even with a win tomorrow decrease pretty significantly it's not done with but but has anyone done the math of I mean the reality is if you lose to USF I don't think you're beating Tulane but Mm -hmm. okay like I guess let's play it out Mm -hmm. if they lose tonight Mm mm-hmm and then they beat Tulane, and then Memphis beats SMU, and you've got all teams with well, one. If what happens? What is the thing with a four-way tie with one loss? It goes to like record against each other. That's how. It, that's how the AAC does it. However, okay, but in that, there is a caveat. If one of them is ranked in the college football playoffs, that would supersede it. And the thing that would make that difficult is obviously right now Tulane is ranked, and SMU's not. No. Okay. The problem, though, is I would guess, though, to your point, if this scenario that you just described plays out and every essentially everyone I but Memphis, Memphis lost I, going into the last game, I don't think any of them would be ranked. Okay, so that would be interesting. I think at that case, the only one that would end up – it's possible that Tulane would stay because in the end they're going to have this dilemma. If Memphis wins tomorrow, that's, that's SMU's third loss. Mm-hmm. So Memphis would be ahead of them at at ten well, and two. Remember, it would be it would, no, it, it would be oh in the well, scenario. So the scenario that I'm painting out is 
Okay, let's imagine a world where USF wins tonight. Okay. And then UTSA beats Tulane next week. Okay. So that would put and that would put everyone and then Memphis beats SMU. Correct. So that would put everyone at one, one league conference one loss. league loss. One conference loss. So in that scenario based on what this what you're laying out so it'd be like UTSA's what? in no matter what because they have only played they've only played the of the four teams together they, they would have only just played, played two lane and they'd, and they'd be 1 and 0. Yes. And in that scenario Memphis is 1 and 1. Yes. And then Tulane is one and one, and SMU is zero and one, and then, and then it would I go- bet it's a tiebreaker of head to head, and Tulane would go. Yes. So, so the reality is tonight you kind of you, you, you maybe to- want UTSA to. Now, now we're I- not we're not let's let's add a disclaimer here. We are not a hundred percent like we just the tiebreaker scenarios are listen, complicated. That just made perfect sense. Yes. And we did it without actually looking at the tiebreakers. <laughs> so you're welcome. We just helped the league out. The other thing, though, is I find it hard to believe if if UTSA is going to lose to South Florida, I find it hard to believe that they're going to go to Tulane and win. So, but it seems like regardless, the most important, like it doesn't matter if you don't win tomorrow. It's like that's kind All of right, what I it found. Is. I've I found the official AAC document. All right, um, multiple team tie. Here's what happens. Um, if more than two teams tie for first or second place, the tiebreaker procedures will be applied separately to identify the two participants. If only two teams remain tied after any step in the tie-breaking process, the two-team pr- tie procedures shall be used. So to your point, it would right, go to that, head-to-head. Yeah. The conference records of the tied teams are compared in a mini-round-robin format. If within the mini-round-robin any of the tied teams did not play each other, the group of teams shall remain tied unless one team defeated all other tied teams. So that's actually that actually would if the highest ranked of the tied teams in the latest available CFP rankings doesn't lose in the final weekend of regular season conference play, it will be declared a championship game participant. Yeah, it makes sense in the end if the highest ranked of the then a if the highest ranked of the tied teams in the latest CFP rankings loses in the final weekend then a composite average of selected computer rankings, Anderson and Hester, Billingsley, Collie, and this Wolf. Is, this is the scenario that I've talked about that I really want. Will be used they to determine to the championship game participants. They're sending it to an accounting firm, it sounds like. If there are multiple tied teams ranked in the latest CFP rankings, the highest ranked team or teams that win in the final weekend will be championship game. If none of the ranked tied teams win in the final weekend, you go back to the computers. If no teams are ranked in the latest available, this was this is the scenario we want going into the final weekend, a composite average of select we are, if it's a four-way tie, we're going to the computer rankings. But I don't think we are based on what we just laid out. No, if no teams are ranked in the latest available CFP selection committee rankings going into the final weekend of the regular season, a composite average of selected computer rankings after all games conclude the final weekend of the regular season will be used to break a tie and determine the championship game participants. Okay, so my gut instinct says that is actually good for Memphis, and here's why. Let me tell you what those computer rankings are going to spit out. The two teams the most likely to go to the access bowl, mm-hmm. to get the access bowl bid, because that's money for the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, in in the reality would be if Memphis beat SMU, it would be Memphis and then whoever won the UTSA-Tulane game. I actually think it would be, be Memphis Tulane. and Tulane because mm-hmm. at that point, UTSA's got three losses, right? Let's see. Yes. Tennessee. They, lost, yes, they're, they're, yes. So the two teams that are the most likely to actually get the bid 
in my mind, are Memphis and Tulane. This is going to be very confusing. Well, it looks like we're not even going to know until... Like, after... We have to wait for the CFP rankings. I mean, I guess... I guess... Unless you're certain that... I should say this. We won't know if Memphis wins. Mm -hmm. We do have a clearer picture if SMU wins. Yes. Because... And if if UTSA does what it's supposed to do tonight and beats USF, then it becomes more straightforward. If UTSA wins tonight... It basically becomes Memphis has to beat SMU and Tulane needs to beat UTSA. Okay, so now that next week, now that and Memphis would have to beat Temple as well. I'm sure everyone's got that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure everyone. Now that here's long story short, you got to beat SMU first. Correct. <laughs> what I find more fascinating is whether or not it's fair. Let's just let's let's put our human being hats on. There's only so many games that you can play that your fan base will care about and it'll make you feel good. Mm -hmm. This is one of those. Yes. The problem is, if this game goes the way that I expect it, Mm -hmm. what are are we talking about on Monday? So here's here's my question first before we get to that. All right. Why do you think this is a bad matchup for Memphis? They are better on, I think their offense is better and I think their defense is better. And more importantly, when both like I know you can't always do this, but against common opponents, the results have been extremely different. What, SMU smoking folks and Memphis. What is just more interesting this year, because again, as I mentioned yesterday, there are four teams in the AAC and they've beaten all like none of them have lost to any of the ten teams below them. Correct. So there's not like been fluke a lot of fluke Correct. results. There's been fluky Moments in games, but not fluky results. And SMU had a tougher game against Rice, but it's also important to note, when Rice had JT Daniels playing, like Rice was a functional football team. They've played they've played one close conference game all year. And really that game was like a two-score game on the road, but it like Rice scored late, got the ball back with like 40 seconds left. But- and the common opponent you're mentioning, they played Charlotte at the end of September at home. And won by 18. Now, Biff Pogge told us. They're a different team. They're a different team now. They beat the other common North, one is, Texas, is North Texas last week, 45-21 to 21 at home. So the biggest reason why I believe it is I trust. Like It's crazy that they're in the same league and they have two common opponents. I guess they will have three by the end of the year because they also played Temple. That's kind of wild. Do we figure out, is it 12 or 14? And right they now? Oh, they also play, they, they play, uh. They play Navy at the end of the year, so they'll have four common opponents, ultimately. So, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense in a 12-team league with no divisions. Well, and, where, and, 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 it's, and, and it's a league that has like not like a structure. There's not a set structure for scheduling. Correct. It's we need to schedule the best we can for TV and to kind of set up some of our the teams we think are good. To be Mainly good. number two. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly number two. We got to set up. We got to schedule so that we have the best chance to get. I mean, I think I think Oresco's even said something similar on the records. Like, we have to get the... I mean, Oresco's made it clear that, like, they it, there is not a structure to the schedule. Right. It is, what you know, gives us the, strategic. Then, I believe the word he's used is strategic correct. scheduling. Correct. So, the biggest reason I believe is, like, I think SMU is going to stop Memphis a lot more than Memphis is going to stop SMU. That's really what it boils down to. Like, Preston Stone and... And Seth are kind of washy to me. Like, 
It's kind of beating the eye. I believe Memphis has the best offense in the AAC right now. In terms of total off. No, I take it back. No. SMU has the best offense in the American. I mean, the, and their defense is better. Yes. Um, in terms of yards per game. I believe Memphis has the best scoring offense. No, SMU does. Moved slightly ahead of them this week. Um, so, And are you talking overall or are you talking just in league play? Because I think if it's just in league play, maybe that maybe Memphis this, might be a little better. I think this is all games. Yeah, I'm not looking at conference only. So, um, but yes. But there's a reason why we play sports. Mm-hmm. Like, I can think, I mean, in the end... On Jeff Betts, I'm trying to get 52% right. Like That's what I'm trying to do. So I'm not acting as if I'm going to be the authority. And if Memphis wins this game, I'm not surprised. It's the American. No, They're the, at home. The truth is the biggest difference between these two teams, they both have, like I would say, good offenses. Yeah. Where SMU is clearly superior, at least in terms of the numbers, SMU's got one, in terms of total defense, one of the top 15 defenses in the country this year. They're allowing I'm less telling, under 300 yards per game. The final score got a little out of hand, mm-hmm. but SMU, I think, basically had held Oklahoma out of the end zone back in September when everyone was still like, oh, man, Oklahoma's smoking folks. To me, what you're saying, what you're telling me is the Memphis defense has to keep SMU under 35 points to win this game. Can they do that? Uh, that's not even necessarily the case because – I think Memphis's path is one of two. It's either because I just don't know if they line up down to down. I don't know how many stops they're getting. So the the path is either turn could, them over or the other this path could be is, one of those wet like just no, get into a shootout. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. It, it could be like those UCF games back at the beginning, you know, in twenty seventeen and eighteen under Norvell. Yeah. Or yeah, heck, the UCF game Ryan won in twenty twenty, the COVID year. Yeah. Like it, a you, wacky. 55-52 type game, you try to, last team with the ball wins. You try to get into a shootout, and the key thing is what you're trying to do is manage the clock to where you're the last team with the ball. And then, you know, there's some key storylines, I would say, for Memphis. It's the primary one, the, the one in all the headlines is Seth Hennigan's health. Like, can you avoid him taking, because you know, I know it, it sounds like he's doing better this week, but the reality is the guy re-injured his shoulder just, kind of diving on the ground last week. If he gets hit the wrong way in this game, he could get knocked out of the game with that shoulder, right? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, he, he got knocked out of the game for a little bit last week. They've been playing with a makeshift offensive line the last couple weeks um, because of injuries. Last week, Michaela, um, their left tackle didn't play. They had to move Xavier Hill to like left guard. They've, they've been moving people all around. There's been guys playing on the O-line in positions they weren't playing in most of the year. And the hope is, again, just like Seth Hennigan's going to be healthier this week, the thought is some of these linemen are going to get healthy for this week. So the question that I had was, last week, was there some load management? To me, I can understand up front. I I can't envision a world where this is true. Memphis knew that they really needed to play Seth. Mm Mm-hmm. And they knew they could well, probably I think, get I think by. It sounds like when you talk to people behind the scenes, Seth really wanted to play. Like and, Seth was pushing to play. Right. And but at a certain point, like that's yeah. What no, I, no, no. Yeah, I but, would expect. But that. it sounds like from what you hear about this injury he's got, it's not like he said. The doctors told him he can't do anything worse to it. It's just it's a pain tolerance thing right now for him, and he'll probably have to do some stuff after the season. Take some medicine. 
Yes, as he put it. He took, and he took some more medicine. Took, took some more medicine. Mm-hmm. The problem, though, that I see is if this game just goes to script, the SMU just presents way more problems for Memphis than the I just Eagles. don't think you can. What The key to me is, like, you can't do what you've done in all these other games this year and fall behind, like the Boise game, go and fall behind 17 nothing. I don't know if you're coming back from that against SMU. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you don't want to get off to a slow start. They had, Louis says, if you get behind like that, SMU is going to have to help you back into the game. Yeah. I don't want to sit there and go, never, because college football, like, I've just seen so much happen in college football. It's just an insane sport. But they're going to have to help. Yeah. Or you're going to have to get like a, you know, you fell behind 17 because they got the ball first, and you're uh, you end up scoring right before the half. You get it back, so you kind of steal like two possessions, and then maybe you throw an onside kick in there or turnover. Like, but if you fall behind by 17, I know I I believe how that script will go. And then you know, I think it's important. I know Preston Stone has like for an AAC quarterback, pretty good pedigree. Like he was a pretty good recruit for them. You know what I mean? And he's a pretty, he seems to be a pretty good quarterback. Um, I still want the game in his hands. I think you need to stop that. You need to make them, like, one-dimensional and put the game in. Like, make Connor Stone, like, a 50-pass. You know, like, they have to throw 50 passes because you – and you can, like, load up on him, blitz him, and, you know, really cr- maybe create some turnovers. If they're, if they're able to run the ball like Charlotte ran the ball last week, it's going to be a long, long day. I think you're 100% right because one thing that Stone has showed is he can get loose with the football. Like he's a talented passer, but I still think I would want like I want him having to go win the game for them. I think the other thing is so Lashley's obviously a, a Gus disciple. I would like to know how many games. I feel like the the formula for always the Gus offense, if they're running the ball, they very they very rarely lose. Mhm. Because so much of their game, like, it, it just makes everything so much easier. But I, I think you're right. The question, though, is are they going to be able to do that? Because, yeah. no, by mean, the way, they tried to put the game in the hands of, what was Trexler? That yeah, was a new know. God, that name. I mean, the reality is you allow, Charlotte came into last week. Charlotte, even with last week's performance, is still 77th in the country in rushing offense. Correct. Right now. SMU is a top 30 rushing offense this season. Like, they're a balanced attack. Um, frankly, even as, even as good as Blake Watson has been at times this year, they're a more balanced offense than Memphis. Oh yeah. No, much more balanced. Um, like Memphis is 69th in rushing offense right now. So really challenging game, but it's at home. Memphis typically, typically has done good in these spots. Actually, SMU's a little balanced. They're, they're, they're a little uneven. This actually is a Gus off. God, this is such a Gus offense. Mm-hmm. They run it 40 times, and they throw it 33. Mm-hmm. Like, Gus's ideal is 60-40 running, passing. Yeah. So, um, but it's at home. Yes. In the last 10 years or so, 8 years or so, like these types of spots, Memphis at home in like a big game, I mean – I guess no, I mean, the, their worst, their the worst. Tulane game was like the first time yes. in, a long, in a long time, it felt like. Now, that happened this season, so. Now, it's also important to note, like, kind of the way the schedule had broken, where, like, yeah. a lot of the games where they could have, like, a lot of, like, the UCF game last year was, I think it finished at seven as a seven-point game, but they mm-hmm. finished with the ball like they needed out. 
But really, other than that, it's like, you know, the big loss, like when UCF got him good, it was in Orlando. When yeah. Since they lost That's Cincinnati. That's why I'd be like, surprised if this is like SMU runs away from them or something. I, I, I like, I think it's a toss. It's, you know, I think SMU should be favored. Um, I think the li- the line feels a little high to me, considering it's a home game for Memphis. Great to hear. Um, That's great to hear. <laughs> Please tell me more. But like, I should, I ultimately, the game that. could go just like the Tulane game, and they beat the spread. Like, you sure. know what I mean? Like, the game could go just like that game. Um, but I, I'm hopeful. I, you know, I think that this, you're right, though. This is a, this is a. This is a game where you can really swing some people. Yes. You this can is get an some... actual opportunity. Because we talked about it during the two-lane game. That was an opportunity to, like, it feels like other than maybe Silverfield friends, mm-hmm. the large portion of the fan base is apathetic towards him at best. Mm-hmm. This is one of those games that could flip it to, you know what? You know what? Yeah. Look at the record. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, we we might, yeah, we might go to it. We're gonna, we're gonna win ten games this regular season because probably. I still think the well, they've only lost two games to two ranked teams, and as we've seen, Missouri's proven to be a very, very good team. Mm-hmm. Tulane appears to be playing with fire for me, but they're still a good, solid football team, and they're both ranked in the in all rankings. The problem is, yeah, that's their two losses. They still don't have like a win where you go like, yay. It's everything else is. This would be a yay win. Correct. This is where this is for all the yays. All right. Here's the other thing I wanted to talk about on this on this topic. Have you seen the shirts? What shirts? So everyone's. It's like uh, uh, they're the it's it's another like Memphis first everybody shirt. Okay. And like included in it's like it's honestly I'm pretty sure it's the same line that the PGA Tour used for Live. It's like legacy over money. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did, that the Tiger Bookstore is handing out, yeah. First off, I like the look of the shirts. Uh, for, it's for the blackout, so I, I, I kind of like the look of the shirt. I, is it really, like, pointing the finger? <laughs> yeah, well... I mean, I guess you can make the argument you bought they bought their way into the ACC, which is true, but that's also, like, very... Like, that's, that is a tell-your-story. I do acknowledge that. But yeah, if Memphis, saying, oh, it's Memphis versus the world. Yeah, whatever. Says, right? Yeah. And then it says, no trust funds here. Money can't buy legacy. Right. Which, okay. okay. It's a rallying cry, whatever. But let's be clear. We would have bought our way in, too, if we could. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, and also, let's also be clear. You know who would like to have some trust fund babies? Yeah. yeah. Everyone at that school. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's right. I think I think if you wanted to do Memphis versus the world, yeah, I think the I think the the small print there is ultimately like, eh, that's just we're we're a little jealous. Uh, yeah, you know? it's kind of butthurt niche. Yeah, it's like, you know, like yeah. Like we would never. No, th- that's not what Memphis people no, said. So we can't. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it was you know, you were a little annoyed. Yes. But like I think there was a level of like if, you know, if we could do it, we would do it. But, like, my thing is, with if, SMU, if you're going to go that angle, like, earn it on the field. Like, something like that. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. like, what was what it? What's uh, what's uh, Brad Calipari's earn not given? Earn not given, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so no matter what, we're talking Memphis football, and we'll talk a little bit more with uh, about it with Jonah Dillon here in a little bit. And the next big topic are we talking about on Monday 
is Michigan's no, football No, Memphis program Grizzlies. Dead. Grizzlies. Grizzlies. No, we're saving Michigan for the list. Is the program dead? No, we're on saving Monday. Michigan for the list. No one wants to hear about Michigan football. Right uh, no, now. literally the numbers show everyone. Is no, wants to no hear one about wants this. to hear about Michigan football. Sounds like you. Uh, maybe it sounds like you're kind of like back where you were at the beginning, where you didn't really trust. You did have a nice little spin zone cycle. You initially, when the first reports came out, you're like, oh boy, like, I know that this is going, and then. The group chat intoxicated you. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned at the top of the you, show, I was, I was, everybody's tribal. And you know yeah. what? It's a, it is nice to have one of those things where all your buddies are all on the same page. Yeah. Like, it's a fun, it's a fun time. We're all there. So you, you kind of went there, too. Now it feels like uh, you are back to the, uh, uh, I don't want to say denial, but, like, you're not going to go on the record. I told you, I plead the fifth. Mm-hmm. Denouncing Michigan would be denouncing myself. All right, so myself. the Memphis Grizzlies on Monday. Yes, right, what are we going to be talking about? Are we 2-0? Oh? No, right? They play the Spurs tomorrow. They get Wembenyama for the first time in San Antonio tomorrow. And then the Celtics Sunday back here at FedEx Forum. So two back-to-back games have lost a little bit of luster. The, the comments from Taylor Jenkins today... Um, I believe we're going to get an update, a medical update on Marcus Smart later today, which is code for... They're going to send out a press release. I was, gonna, I've just checked my email. It's still, it still didn't come out yet. But, like, that tells me at the very least he's out for a couple weeks if yeah, they're doing not, that, yeah, if agree. they're sending out a medical... It'll probably say we'll reevaluate him in however much time. Um, and then still describe Luke Kennard as day-to-day, but... Get, Put it this way. Gave off the vibe that if the Grizzlies are going to go 2-0 this weekend, they're going to be going 2-0 without Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard. That was the vibe I got from Taylor Jenkins' comments. I would. I totally agree with that. I guess the question... I, the of, injury report, it'll probably... The smart thing will come out with the injury report at like 5 or whatever, 4 when they announce the injury report. I guess the other thing, though, is if you tell me they go 2-0 this weekend, my first... My follow-up is I don't have a problem believing San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Fine. Like, that's... I, I can I can buy that. My follow would be: Did Boston make the plane flight? Yeah, no. And then the luster that that Boston game was also going to be Marcus Smart's first game against his old team, and presumably he'll be there in street sure. clothes. Also, God's watching. You think he's thinking bullet dodged? I mean, I, I presume he'd rather not be hurt. Duh. Yeah, I think he'd want. He's a competitor, Jeffrey. He wants to play against those guys. Remember, he was kind of a you know, he was kind of annoyed that they traded him. Ultimately, like he's embraced Memphis oh, yeah, and he yeah. likes that no, he's but, wanted in Memphis. But very clearly, he was not trying to leave Boston. Yeah. Um, he wanted to stay. He liked it there. Um, so I think part of him wants to. But you might be right. You might he he probably wants to make that return at a better time for the Grizzlies. Just saying, you know, like yeah, maybe we'll, we'll catch him in Boston. You'd like it to be best on best. And like, frankly, like the the return to Boston will be the better thing. Where you know he'll get coronated. He'll get the video on the scoreboard. The crowd will go. The there garden will, will go nuts for him. He'll you know it'll be a nice moment uh, for Marcus Smart. Um, yeah, I hope they beat the. I, I just hope it's a one and one weekend because. We could, if they go 0 2, we're going to be coming out of the weekend going, okay, now they have Houston, who's going to be house on fire because of Dylan and is playing much better than you on the road on Wednesday. Then the Suns on Friday, and then the Timberwolves on Sunday. You will not be favored in any of those games. Yeah. Any of them. Um, and I mean, the reality is, Saturday is probably the last time. Well, I don't know. They're not, not going to be favored on Saturday, but. It, uh, it'll be the closest line of the four. Sure. Of the five, I should say. You can say. talk me into their, they'd be favored. 
even without the toot with Smart and Canard out? Maybe. I know San Antonio's bad, but they technically have a better record than the yeah, Grizzlies. Yeah, but, but like their point margins even double. <laughs> their point margins double worse than the Grizzlies. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I, th- I I hope we're talking about one and one. We need we need this Spurs win, or it's going to get ugly. See, I get the sense. I'm not even sure it's getting ugly. at this at a certain point. Like it's ugly, dude. Yeah. You Fine. know what? You know what I sense with the Grizzlies right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just like, do we have to? Yeah, well, it's like, can can we, can we, can you get, can, it, you know what everyone needs? Remember how we talked about individual games? Prior to this, we needed like, we need like an alert. Should I be, should I, is it yeah. safe to watch yes. this game? Is it safe to turn it on? It might need to expand into like, okay, is it safe to like re-engage with the season? Like, get back to me when they win, a, like, frankly, when they win two in a row. <laughs> you see, know, I, I get or this, two of three. See, I get the sense the the growing feeling is you know we got the holidays coming up, Mark. Busy week next week. Mm-hmm. Let's see what they look like when Jock. Comes I back. think that's where we're headed. Yeah. Like, I think that's where <laughs> I think most people are like, eh. let's see when they let's yeah. see what they look like when Jock. Comes. It's a yeah. It is. We are when we come out of the weekend, Jeffrey. We could be talking. We're less. We're going to be less than a month from John Morant's return when we come out of the weekend. Can't come soon there's, enough. There's the spin zone. Cannot there's, come soon enough. There's the spin zone. All right. When we come out of the weekend, we will be, though, talking about Memphis SMU. It is a huge game for the Memphis football program. Jonah Dillon covers Memphis football for the commercial appeal. He's going to join us next. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the next generation 10G network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jonah Dillon is the Memphis Tiger football program's beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. You can follow him on Twitter on X at the Jonah Dillon. Jonah, Mark and I tried this bold strategy of coming up with the tiebreaker scenarios without actually looking at the tiebreaker scenarios. Do you understand what do the Tigers need to root for? My, so, first of all, no, I don't understand it. That's my my first answer. Uh it, it really is going to come down, I think no matter what, it's going to come down to the game a week from today with Tulane and UTSA. Yeah. Um, and we'll have a much clearer picture. I think it, it honestly, it's not going to matter unless both teams lose this week. There's still going to be scenarios going to next week where Memphis could win out and still not make it, um, which would obviously be like the most devastating thing possible for Tigers fans. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a lot. And... It really just, for now, it's just beat SMU and then worry about the scenarios after that. Would that be the most devastating scenario? Not for Ryan. Well, I feel like like losing tomorrow would be the most devastating. Let me tell you a college football tale, Mark. Mm -hmm. Back in 2004, there was a team called Auburn. Yeah. They went undefeated. Mm -hmm. But because Oklahoma and USC also went undefeated, and also the year before, they hosted USC and got beat like 30 to nothing, they got left out. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't have to go and take the beating that USC would have inevitably given them again. And instead, they get to play victim the whole time. Like the only undefeated SEC team to never be a national champion. Yeah, but this is a little different. This would be the only Tiger 7-1 and one team. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year they'd go 7-1 and one and could miss the and literally would miss the championship game, I would have been shocked. But yeah. you, think about the, you think about going to a near six bowl and the amount that that brings your program, especially a program that's trying to get other conferences to notice them and to theoretically do what you need to do to get there and then have a tiebreaker deny you. I feel yeah. like for the way that things have gone this season, you know, that would be that would be a pretty brutal scenario. I mean the reality is if they get to a New Year's six bowl, I think they can lay legitimate claim to being the best group of five program in the country right now. If because they can say they've been to a group they've been to the New Year's six bowl two times in what four or five years, and Cincinnati's not a group of five team anymore. UCF's not either. UCF's yeah. not a group. Like I think they can legitimately. No, I mean, I think going that, into the off season, go. We are the best group of five program in the country. I think that's fair. I guess, Jonah, I'd ask you this: What does that mean right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it depends. It it depends what it means like going to next year when the the playoff expands. And we yeah. still don't know exactly what it's going to look like, and we're still trying to figure out what's going on with Oregon State and Washington State. But like, if that means that you go into every season as a favorite to make the playoff, like I think that does mean a lot. Um, well, yeah, well, and it's dependent on. Like, I do think this year has gone well for the league in the sense that it still seems to me, and maybe this is just more. This is partly a byproduct of JMU not being able to be ranked. But very clearly, the college football playoff committee still views the AAC as the best of these leagues. It seems like. Yeah, I'd, I'd so, be a little bit concerned about the Mountain West, especially 
depending on what happens with those two Pac-2 schools or whatever. And also that they've beaten up each other a little bit this season. Because but they do that every yeah. year. So this would, be my, yeah. this would be my question. Are they implicitly uh, endorsing the AAC? Or is this a situation where up until two weeks ago, mm-hmm. Air Force was undefeated mm-hmm. and Air Force was the Mountain West team? Like, it's kind yeah, of they still had Tulane ahead of them. I know, but this is kind of my point is there's kind of an NCAA. I wonder if there's an NCAA tournament thing going where when everyone announced your quote unquote league is down mm-hmm. when the the teams that are supposed to be good are not good. League's down. Mm-hmm. I've never actually figured out whether or not that means the league is down, yeah. but because Tulane was supposed to be good and SMU by and was large, supposed to be good, yeah, they, Memphis yeah. was supposed to be good. The problem with the and I UTSA wonder, was supposed to correct. Be good. And the problem with the Mountain West is it's like Boise's been a disappointment, San Diego State's been a disappointment, and so mm-hmm. I do wonder if like I do wonder if they actually feel like the American is better than the Mountain West, or if it was kind of dependent on the way that the season played out. Yeah. Well, and there'll be another recalibration yeah. because SMU's going to leave after this yeah. year, um, so uh, we'll see. But they got to beat SMU first. Jeffrey does not like their chances, Jonah. Um, try to convince him otherwise. Why will Memphis win this game tomorrow against SMU? Yeah, okay. First of all, it's going to be a close game, which is exactly what I said last week before the Charlotte game where Memphis was supposed to be. Yeah, you almost pulled off. I, um, I told Mark on Monday, if you would have nailed that prediction, I would have like framed that I would have framed that story and just like always it would be my Twitter bio, that picture. <laughs> I don't even, I got to the game last Saturday and I was talking to an usher on the field and she said, I'm really worried about Charlotte today. Memphis is coming in here and they're huge favorites. And I said, I don't think you've watched Memphis play this season. Because uh, <laughs> it's never going to be easy. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Memphis, obviously. SMU is really talented. They're kind of the class of this conference, especially with how much they've basically just blown out every team they've played. Obviously, they haven't played anybody in the conference who's Continue to be a good team. Um, I think Seth Hennigan is probably playing, you know, aside from his injury, he's playing the best football he's played at Memphis over the past couple weeks, and that has to give you confidence. And I think it really just comes down to the defense has got to force takeaways. I think that's what it comes down to because I don't think that the Memphis defense can really stop the SMU offense given how they've played this season. If they can force some turnovers and it's a shootout, I think Memphis is a shot. They've been in those games all year, and there's no reason why they can't, you know, have the ball last in a crazy game. No, I mean, to be clear, that that's the formula for them winning. If you tell me that they force, you know, they win the turnover margin two nothing or whatever, they win it by two, maybe three to one, whatever. They're they're plus two in the turnover margin. I would expect that the game's very close. I just am very concerned, Memphis. Like I, Charlotte, you knew that Charlotte wanted to run the ball, and Memphis couldn't really do much about it. SMU is going to be doing that with a lot better running game. Yeah, and they're they're a better team in the trenches, and they're more yeah. physical, and they just get better athletes. So that's why it, you know it's not surprising that the spread is what it is. I think some people around here are, are like really more than a touchdown for SMU on the road, but just look at the assets that they have. Look at how much they've just dominated these teams, and Memphis is playing similar teams, and every week it's coming out as the last play of the game. So that's why it is what it is. That's why SMU is a favorite, um, and they definitely have more ways to win the game. Now, to be clear. Computers, for the most part, agree with y'all that this is going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. Like I, I bet Q, I think has an eight-point game, which is what the original line was. Pro Football Focus, I think, is eight, but Sports Line and Bill Conley, SP Plus, I think they're both like five-point games. 
I mean, the computers, yeah, I mean, the, for the most yeah. part, the computers think that the line's too big. I would say mm-hmm. that. Interesting. I think the, the eye test of Memphis every game being close is what leads me to think the line's too big. It has, that has nothing to do with the actual matchup or what the computers think. I just, you know, in one of these games, they could come out and, like, the problem for them is inconsistency. So maybe they come out and they just don't have it at all. Well, but, let's, let's be yeah. the truth. The, the computers would probably say if Memphis played Missouri again, it'd be, like, Missouri would be a double-digit favorite. But Memphis played yeah. them close. Like, Memphis played them within a, uh, one score, ultimately. Again, it was, you know, like, Missouri, uh, the team that was supposed to win won. But, like, this team, uh, I I think this is a team that plays up and down to its competition is the point I'm I'm making. And so, I don't know if we can, I, I don't know if the, that would be my spin zone to the argument of, well, look at, like, what SMU's done to these crappy AAC teams compared to what Memphis has done to them. SMU, by and large, has has won convincingly. Memphis, by and large, has, you know, eked out wins, ultimately. But my gut tells me this is, I don't know if it's enough for them to win, but I think they play up and down to their competition. Yeah, I think they do. I think, I mean, even the, the game against Missouri, Memphis was leading in that game, and they looked competitive throughout it. And they were and leading in the two-lane game. Like, yeah. They were up by by double-digit points in the second half. And then, obviously, then the wheels fell off. But uh, they've shown against these teams, Tulane would probably be picked to beat SMU at this point. Maybe it would be close. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think they'd be favored. Yeah, so it, it's Memphis has shown, and that's why they've shown throughout the season they can play with these teams. So there's no reason why they can't play with SMU, especially at home. Um, I just think SMU, they've got a lot of talent. They've got, they're going to be more physical. And you just Memphis is just, you can't have this play half the game and then kind of take your foot off the gas and wait until it's the fourth quarter to start playing again. Like, if that happens, the is going to be too far ahead and they're not going to be able to come back. Now, Jonah, you were not here for the last two six-and-six six seasons that Ryan Silverfield had. You've you've only been here for the best Ryan Silverfield season. By the way, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, 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 you're, you're, consider yourself lucky. Um, how, how big is this for him? I mean, ultimately... I you know I don't think his job is on the line by any means. He's eight and two, but just with you know you've been around this fan base now. You know the vibe. What, how important? And you, and you talk to people behind the scenes. How? How? What is the significance of this game for Ryan Silverfield tomorrow? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty significant. I mean, I'm trying to gauge. We were talking before the Tulane game. Is that the biggest game under Silverfield? And I think we need to at least have the same conversation before this game. Now this is bigger now. Um, they, they played this into bigger than the Tulane game because it's there's championship implications. I would say. Yeah, this one and this one is like the Tulane game. There was part of it which was you know if Memphis loses this game, there's still a path them to get back to contention. They obviously did that, but now this game is this is it. If you lose the game, that's it. There's no chance of reaching the conference championship. I think the problem is if they lose this game, they even go win next week. They're nine and three. You know, most people around the country, casual fans, are going to be like, Memphis had a good season. They went nine and three. If you look at it closer, they probably haven't beaten a team with a winning record. Um, and obviously, you can only beat who's in front of you. But, you know, knowing the fans around here, they're going to look at that and say, you didn't beat anybody who had a winning record. You didn't beat anybody who, you know, really has a high level of competition. So I think even though it's theoretically going from six and six to nine and three, would be like good momentum going to next season. I think there would be kind of a, a section of the fan base that would be a little bit iffy about the direction given the teams that are in the AAC and given that SMU is leaving after this. Yeah, I think that's fair. I do. So Boise has Utah State, right? 
I think, yeah, Boise, I think well, there's a slight favorite. Now that would be a perfect Boise thing to lose that game. But you could have the opportunity to also have on Monday, if Boise beats Utah State, you'll have two wins against teams with winning records. Now, then, and Boise. now then they play Air Force to close the year. Yeah, it's, it's kind of... <laughs> so, Although the wheels are kind of coming off for Air Force. At Air Force, yeah. and it's in Boise, the Air Force game. So That hasn't really mattered this year. All right. The blue turf, yeah. not the same. I mean, if this were one team with a winning record and they fired their coach in the middle of the season, so I don't know how much... A little like, column A, a little column B. <laughs> Listen... <laughs> This, yeah. show, this show is built upon not telling the truth. But in general, I just look at it as, like, Ryan Silverfield has, you know, he was on, uh, part of the the reason why the Tulane game felt so big was because at that point we were still, like, coming off the second six and six year in a row, and, you know, you weren't sure if their record was, you know, you weren't sure what, they were what were they two and one at that point or three and one I guess because they had beaten Boise yeah. State. Yeah. They were three and one. It was still early in the year, and this is different now because it's so late in the year. And you you know ultimately they're probably going to have a chance at a ten win season no matter what happens against SMU because they're probably going to beat Temple and they'll have a chance to win a tenth game in the bowl game. Um, but he hasn't to your point, Jonah and, and Jeffrey brought this up. He hasn't done enough to like. To convince people that, you know, this is completely fixed, so to speak, or that this is this is a uh, this program has momentum. It feels like every time they've been on the cusp of recapturing some legitimate momentum, something has happened, um, and uh, this would be a chance to really recapture some momentum for the program. It, it feels like, but this is it too. This is the last chance. Right, this is the last chance gonna, till next season. Yeah, probably. Yeah, right, exactly. Because you're gonna if you lose this game, you play Temple. Temple's not very. And you're good. going to I some. Mean, I, I guess you could make if the you got the right yeah. team in a bowl game. If you got like, if you went to the military bowl and played like Clemson and beat Clemson. But the or problem something. is, but I don't know, you know if that's going to happen. You you know what's going to happen? The Fenway in that bowl. Yeah. Well, they didn't care. And yeah. like, no, I know. Realistically, this is probably your last chance to capture some legitimate momentum until next season. That's what it feels and like. And that's why, that's why it's the biggest, yeah, and that's why, like we said, it's probably the biggest game he's had. I mean, this is certainly this is the most important game in terms of, like, legitimate implications with the conference championship that he's had. And it's yes. the latest event that has been relevant in that conversation. So you, you have to at least, like, again, with all the caveats that we've discussed, you have to at least say that represents momentum because these conversations weren't happening last season or the season before that. So what do you think? What happens tomorrow? Are we talk? Are we coming out of this weekend talking about Memphis one win away potentially from an AAC championship game appearance? Are we coming out of this weekend and really kind of probably starting the autopsy of the season, even though they have one game left? I think I I think Memphis needs to spread, but I think SMU edges it. I think it's a close game. Something happens at the end. I think it's a shootout. Um, take the over like you should in every Memphis game. Uh, I think SMU just, they have a little bit more. I think Preston Stone is pretty good if he makes a play at the end of the game and SMU wins by three points. I do wonder, is this going to get back to, because to your point about Memphis and the over. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 